Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. With more than 25 years' experience in career coaching via her own company, managing and leading teams in major corporations, host Marilyn Feldstein will share her experiences, tips, tools, resources, and success stories to inspire you to find the purpose and passion in your career. Welcome to the Career Solutions Podcast. I'm excited to welcome you and my guest, Candice Moody. Candace is a friend and colleague who is known for helping people think differently about their careers. From 1997 to 2020, she was the Vice President of Communications for CareerSource Northeast Florida, the regional workforce development organization. She has extensive experience writing features and employment columns for the Florida Times Union and Jacksonville Business Journal, and is frequently interviewed by the media on employment issues and her specialty is the gig economy. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new, said Albert Einstein. It can be scary to start something new, but life is all about newness, and if you don't try, you'll never know. I'd like to start by telling you how Candace and I met. In my last corporate position, I took the time to figure out where I wanted to go next and decided that I wanted to inspire others to find the purpose and passion in their careers. I became certified as a career coach and began pursuing how I could do this and make a living at it. Even though I had experience in outplacement services where I helped others who had lost their jobs, I knew there had to be another way to provide career coaching services to others who weren't getting employer-paid outplacement services. So... I developed a business plan for creating a community-wide career center and met with leaders to discuss my plan. It was during this time that Candace's name kept coming up, and we met to discuss how we could create a possible partnership. As it became clear that while my business idea had value, the timing wasn't right, so I launched my career coaching business, and Candace and I developed a personal and professional bond. Candace is someone who has not only experienced gigs, but she made a successful transition as a gig worker. So let's start by explaining what you mean by the gig economy and how you became interested in gigs. Well, thank you for having me, Marilyn. My interest in gigs digs back, dates back to 2001 when Daniel Pink published a book called Free Agent Nation. And he talked about the idea of a whole group of people, millions of people actually, who made the decision on purpose to forego a regular full-time 40-hour-a-week job for a series of part-time jobs, remote jobs, contracts, projects, um, working gigs, as it were, and finding the liberation, finding the independence and the flexibility that they really made them fall in love with their careers all over again. And I thought to myself, you know what? That's what I need. I have a lot of creative energy, and although I loved my job at Career Source Northeast Florida, loved every minute of it, I had a lot of ideas I wanted to pursue on my own and a lot of other opportunities. So I got permission from my manager, my boss, to be able to take on gigs in my spare time, and it really made all the difference in my career. I really loved the idea of working gigs and still do. So tell us about your gigs and what factors contributed to developing them. 
I think I've been working gigs seriously for about the last 15 years of my career. I had a full-time job, of course, with Career Source Northeast Florida with full responsibilities, but also on the side, I'm a writer, and so I did contract writing, did ghost blogging for a couple of companies, and for seven years, I actually taught at the university level. I taught communications at Jacksonville University to undergraduates, trying that out as something that I thought might be my Candace 2.0 career after I left Career Source, and I loved it, had a really great time doing it. Turned out not to be my forever next job, but it will always be on my resume. And so at any given time, I probably had three or four gigs going on. And my husband, too, actually has three or four gigs going on at any given time. So what I'm hearing you say, Candace, is that one of your skills is writing that you really love to do. So you looked at a variety of ways that you could use that skill along with you've done a lot of public speaking. So that translated into teaching. Mm-hmm. And anything else related to that? I've done some consulting. I work for small businesses, helping them do web content and marketing content. So I've just about anything that relates to writing and speaking has been my specialty. And it's really given me the variety to make my career longer, I think, at Career Source because I had so many other interesting projects on the side, too. So I, it also sounds like that that you love while you loved what you were doing, having other options that you could explore kept you engaged. It really did. And not only that, but it taught me new skills. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, some of the advantages of working gigs and what they can bring to your career. But it allowed me to try out new skills and to try out new ideas and bring them back to the career that was the full-time career. Oh, yes. Wonderful. So that's a perfect segue. So what are the advantages of gigs? Well, What experts are saying right now is that about half of the U.S. workforce, at least half, will at some point in their career work gigs. Probably the people who are listening today don't think of themselves as part of the gig workforce, but almost everybody has been. So it's millions and millions of people who are working either to supplement their what they call their regular careers, or choosing to use gigs as the um, career of their choice. So the advantages of gigs are that they allow you to have variety and diversify your income streams. For me, that's kind of number one. When we go through another great recession, which we're probably about to, when something unexpected and catastrophic happens, it could be personal like a layoff, or global, like a pandemic, you never know what's going to happen. And millions of hardworking, loyal, talented people lost their careers through no fault of their own. Gigs allow you to have work that's under your control, and it means that you'll never be put out of work by just one call from management. You'll always have other income streams. I think that's one of the biggest advantages of independence. And it also makes you feel more in control of your career, right? Absolutely. Um, Because your gig should be something that really gives you joy. You know, it'll be something that uses your deepest and most valued skill set, most valued in the marketplace and the thing that you love doing the most as well. So independence and a diversity of income streams are really important. It also gives you the chance to try out new jobs like I did with college professor. You may not want to make a plunge right away, you know, especially if you're a little more risk averse than some people. You might think, hmm, I'd like to try out that new career or I'm thinking about starting a small business business, but I don't want to just take the leap in in one big leap. And that's okay. What gigs allow you to do is explore 
building new skills or explore business models while still maintaining your employment and sort of take it one step at a time. And so what's interesting about that, so you can, when you think of calling it a gig, it also is applicable to temporary employment. So if you, let's say you're in a situation where you're unemployed right now and you lost your job and you've always wondered about different kinds of careers that you could try on. So I I tell my clients, you know, go take a temporary position. You'll find out if you love it or if you don't. And the good news is they pay you. For doing that. Absolutely. For learning and trying it out and building new skills. I'm so glad you used the word temporary because I have a staffing company background as well. And people are thinking of the gig economy as something new and 21st century, but really it's been around for decades and decades. In the staffing industry, we've always had people who preferred working as temps to having a single full-time job. They had variety, they had flexibility, they got to work for a few months and take a few months off to do things that matter to them. So there have always been people who preferred gigs. Yes, and like you, I also have a staffing background and actually hired temporary employees. And it's interesting, another thought I had is this is one of the reasons I think people go into substitute teaching, for example. So a lot of people think, oh, okay, that's something I can do. If you have a bachelor's degree, for example, and you get to find out if you thought you wanted to go into teaching and you try it as a substitute teacher. So you get to try on that skill, that experience. I also think a lot of people scratch their creative itch through gigs. The original gig um, came from musicians, you know, who said, I have an engagement. Basically, a gig can be defined as a series of periodic or single engagements of work with no real promise of continued employment like you get from a full-time job. So if you are um, an accountant who's really a secret lover of baking goods and you're the best baker of apple pies in the county, you can scratch that itch and sell them at the farmer's market on the weekends. Um, I'm happy to be writing a cookbook on the side. I don't know if I'll ever make any money from it, but it really speaks to my soul and I'm really enjoying that work. So a lot of people have jobs that pay the bills and then jobs that are creative on the side as well. And there's another angle as well, which is there are people who don't want to be, I would say, owned by an employer, if you will. So I've had clients who, for example, were in IT, and they were programmers, and they were contract employees, and they did not want to be a full-time employee of a company. They wanted the flexibility to work on projects as well as saying, you know what, I want to take a month off and go travel, but and then I can get my next gig, if you will. And that's a really great point because it brings up the advantages for employers as well. IT is a great example of an industry that early, early on hired contract workers rather than who were specialists, really deep specialists in something that they needed for a specific project, but weren't generalists that they would keep on for the rest of the time. And employees and employers both embrace that model as being the right one. Um, The creative industries, the movie industry, um, are great examples, television, radio, of people who are looking for specialists or for a specific talent for a specific project. They come together, do something amazing, and then split up and go off to other projects. And another one, uh, another career that came to mind is instructional designers. So I have lots of colleagues and clients and friends who are instructional designers. And there is a company here, a local company, that hired them on a contract basis. And I know I've had quite a few clients who that's exactly what they wanted. 
And I think one of the other advantages of gigs is, unlike a full-time job where you go to a specific place, a gig can be done from anywhere. So a lot of remote workers are working gigs because they can have clients all over the country or all over the world and work when and how they please, which is a big advantage of gig work. So the flexibility, the work-life balance can be a really key advantage to this. And let's not forget the basics. You're also going to earn extra income. And I think that's such an important part of it. A gig can be unpaid. You could have sort of a do-it-yourself apprenticeship or internship. But most likely what you'll be doing is earning income on the side. So it's possible that you've chosen a career, as I did in, in the nonprofit world, or something that speaks to your passion but maybe doesn't give you the income that you need for the lifestyle that you really want to achieve. Having gigs that supplement that income will allow you to have a better lifestyle or save for something that's important like going to college or buying a home, save for your future, save for retirement, investing, or paying off debt. So it's a really wonderful way to earn that extra income without trying to go and squeeze it out of your current employer. And so much about work has changed today. So people used to think of it as, I go to work for someone, and you can have as many gigs or streams of income as you desire. As much as you have energy for, actually. So one of the things we're going to talk about is what makes a terrific gig worker and one of the things that's most important is making sure that you have a, a good plan in place. You have to be organized to be a gig worker because you're going to have some sort of job that pays the bills. And then you're going to have to manage clients and work and schedules and products, all kinds of things on the side as well. Right. Absolutely. So what's the difference between an employee and a gig worker? And what does it take, do you think, to be a gig worker? Well, the first difference is mindset. And it's the primary difference. A worker, a traditional employee, thinks of themselves as being under the control of their employer. And a gig worker takes control of their own work, of their own career. So talent is one of the most important things. If you're going to be a gig worker, you have to have a marketable talent, a skill that people are willing to pay you for. And you have to be good. There's nowhere to hide in the gig economy. No one wants to hire a mediocre copywriter or a pretty good programmer or a so-so organizer. You have to be good and you have to know that you're good. And you have to be able to find a market for the services that you want to sell. So that's primary. Second, you actually have to um, have your own equipment. You're in charge of your own equipment, of your own training, of your own learning. A lot of times, employees are very passive about their learning. My employer will send me to training. They'll tell me what I need to know when I need to know it. I'm issued a laptop. I'm issued a cell phone. I'm given my marching orders. And gig workers, especially the white-collar gig workers, are very independent. They have to be in charge of their own learning, lifetime learning. They have to make sure their own skills are cutting edge and really current. They don't get told what to do by their clients. They become partners with their clients, helping them to understand what needs to be done. And I know one of the things that you and I talked about was having a high tolerance for risk. So talk about that. Well, there are gigs that don't require a high tolerance for risk. If you just want to earn some extra money, um, it's very possible to be a gig worker who has a part-time job on the side. As a matter of fact, I recommend that for people who are not really sure that they want to be in business for themselves. You only eat what you hunt 
in as a gig worker, so you constantly have to be looking for your next gig. And that's not for everybody. The, the idea of marketing yourself can be kind of scary. So it's perfectly legitimate to have a gig where you're actually working for someone else. As a matter of fact, that's a great way to try out a new skill. Rather than starting up your own catering business on the side, which is very high risk, you could work for a caterer for a few months or a few years to learn the business, really get to know it, and that might be all you need to get started on your own or decide that you just want to work there. However, there is some risk in gigs because gigs are not guaranteed. The whole idea of a gig is here's a project, here's a contract, and you're only as good as your last performance on your last gig. So you have to bring your A game every time. And word of mouth will eventually come around and and help you find gigs. But there is no resting on your laurels when you're in the gig economy. You have to continually be looking for work, and that's important. I talked about energy earlier, and I think that's important as well, especially as I did managing a full-time career and a couple of part-time gigs on the side. There were not a lot of days off for me, and that's why it's so important to find work that really turns you on, that really pushes your buttons. Writing, I was born to be a writer, and I love writing, especially when it's right in my wheelhouse where I'm doing the kind of writing that I was born to do, and it's based on my experience. When I did that on the weekends in my bunny slippers at home watching a baseball game on the side, didn't feel really like work, although it was hard work. So it's important to find work that really matters to you and that doesn't feel like an extra burden, especially if your full-time job feels like a burden. And what I heard you say, too, is that it's something you chose to do. So, again, if, you're, if you understand your natural skills, talents, and abilities – and you're able to leverage that, it doesn't feel like work. And you learn by trial and error as well. You may take on a project that just wasn't worth what you were going to get paid for it. You may take on a client who's not that pleasant and not easy to please and just didn't work out. So by trial and error, you start to learn what kind of contracts, what kind of projects, what kind of people you really want to be working with. And um, you have the ability as a gig worker to fire a client, fire your boss, and decide that I don't want to do that kind of work anymore. That's what I'm talking about with independence and freedom that you get with gig work that you don't have with full-time employment. And what it made me think of as you were describing that is that it's also that could be a great precursor if you're really thinking about, could I have a full-blown business doing this? You get a real good taste of what it's like to work with difficult clients or to have challenges and to ask yourself, is that something that you would really be passionate about? That's very true. And you also learn how to get organized. One of the most important things you have to do as a gig worker, especially as a writer, you generally quote on the project. And so then it's up to me to make sure I'm doing the most efficient work that I can do. You have to keep records. You have to um, learn how to bill your hours, how to price your services. So that's a kind of a learning process that you'll get through the gigs on the side that you can take into it if you decide to create a full-blown business out of it. Right. Absolutely. So lastly, how does someone get started on a gig? One of the myths of the gig economy is that everybody in the gig economy is a low-level service provider. Everybody knows about Uber and Lyft and TaxRabbit, um, the kinds of platforms that are really good for finding work but don't really pay very well. Some people think that's actually very exploitive, but I've talked to many gig workers who say, I don't make a lot of money, but I'm my own boss. I choose when and where I'm going to work. Those gigs were never designed, I think, to replace a full-time career. So 
platforms like that are a viable option. But people think of the gig economy as filled with those kinds of workers when actually half of all gig employees, gig workers, are high-level, white-collar programmers, medical, legal writers, programmers, developers, consultants, all kinds of um, really high-level white-collar jobs as well. So figuring out um, where you want to find work is really important. And the platforms are a legitimate place. There are platforms like FlexJobs, which offer remote and contract and part-time work from all over the country. And so you can decide to do that. You can also just get a side job. You know, go to work for a local retailer, go to work for a caterer, go to work for a dog groomer, whatever kind of skill you want to build and learn. You could also decide to um, start a business of your own. Even if it starts really small, you don't have to go through the whole incorporation process. If you love animals, you could be a dog walker. You could babysit on the side. There are lots of things that you can do that just require energy and not a lot of special skills. So gig work is available to anybody at every level, I think. Um, Excellent. So is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't discussed? I think one of the things that I've observed as we've gone through big recessions, especially with white collar career workers who say, yeah, I'm, I'm lost my job, lost my prestige, lost my title, lost my income. And right now I'm just squeaking by with three or four contracts. And they're ashamed of that. And one of the things I want to do with my work in the gig economy is to let people know that they shouldn't be ashamed. Everybody needs at least three jobs. They need a job that pays the bills, and there's no shame in any job that pays the bills. They need a job that builds their skills, that kind of helps them pivot to what's next, like my college professor job. And then they need a job that gives them chills, work that they might be doing for no money, and work that really feeds their soul. If you can find a combination of gigs that tick those three things off, you've built a real career. So I'm helping people understand that gig work doesn't have to be something you do in between your real jobs. It can be your real job. Candace, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And I'd like to let the listeners know about my gigs that may provide ideas for creating your own. As I mentioned in my first and third podcasts, you can use my transferable skills tool to determine what skills you're naturally good at, as these are the skills that you enjoy using the most. I did this and decided that in addition to coaching clients, I also wanted to teach and share my knowledge with others just as Candace did. I wanted it to be a gig and not a full-time job. So I have taught a graduate course in career management at Webster University for 17 years, along with delivering presentations and workshops for both for-profit and nonprofit organizations. Having multiple streams of income gives you options. When one stream dries up, another one may bubble up. If you'd like to get in touch with Candice Moody, you can contact her at CandiceMoody.com. Please share my podcast with your friends and family. You can also hear me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and other major podcast directories. Please subscribe to my podcasts and join me next time when I'll answer some frequently asked questions related to managing your career. Visit my website at careerchoicesunlimited.com. And if you'd like to get Candace's list of gig resources, let me know or ask me a question that I can answer in a podcast. Or inquire about my coaching services by completing the contact form. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you heard my podcast. 
Thank you for listening.